You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. So today is a very special episode, and in the spirit of always saying that we're doing something different, we truly are doing something different. Uh, This is going to be a definitive ranking of 80s one-hit wonders. Now, you might be saying, well, Noah, there was over 200 one-hit wonders in the 80s, and of course, we're not going to be able to cover all of those, but I figured I would curate some of the best and well-known to the population of 80s one-hit wonder songs. And so right here, as you can see, we have a tier list called 80s one-hit wonders tier list maker. And the categories are all-timer, great, good, fine, or best left in the 80s. Now, I would imagine most would definitely not fall in the latter category, but there's a couple on here that I just can't really get behind. But before we get into it, I want to pass it over to our resident 80s fan and uh, 80s, how would I say it, um, 80s lifetimer. Uh, and uh, let's uh, hear a little bit about what you thought of One Hit Wonders in the 80s. Okay. Well, first of all, it's, it's kind of impressive that we're not talking about movies, but uh, as we prepare for next week, we are going to review the Batman. So that's the only thing we'll say about movies right now. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this episode because as you well know, and our listeners know, I am a fool for 80s music and mm-hmm. there are a lot of great songs here we're going to talk about. So um, yeah, I also um, read that there are over 200 one hit wonders from the 80s. I would imagine they're probably about the same from the 90s too, but I'm not sure music existed in the 90s. So let's, let's go back. All right. All right. Uh, uh, fair, fair sort of point since you mentioned that. I love 90s music. It's probably my favorite decade of music, but I do really enjoy a lot of stuff from the 80s, whether it's pop, rock, metal, hair metal, all that kind of stuff is really, really good. Now, there are some things that as a Gen Zer, I can't quite uh, look back Uh, very fondly on because I just didn't live through that time. But I think one of the coolest aspects of this list is that a lot of these songs were popular in the 80s, but they've gotten even more popular through uh, radio play over time, YouTube uh, with the music videos, and with the advent of streaming in 2013. So in many ways, these songs are probably more popular now than they ever were. So let's dive into it. Uh, Before we do, let me just add something real quick. You know, I was thinking about this the other day that, you know, when XM and Sirius Radio, before they merged, Mm -hmm. uh, were new, there was 80s on 8, which is, you know, the 80s music channel. And that was a time, I don't know what year that was, but that was was one of the first times you could actually find all of the 80s music in one place. Um, And, you know, to think how much has changed now, of course, you can create your own playlist from just about any music streaming service. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I have, as you well know, as I have recounted many times on this podcast, I have many a playlist with all of the same songs from the eighties, just different names of the playlist because, uh, with a a different song here or there, but there's so many good ones here. I can't wait to go through this. 
you know, I, I think that 90% of the music you listen to is probably Duran Duran, uh, but they're not one hit wonders. So they will not be appearing on this list Far from, from one hit wonders. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this. Uh, this All may right. be one of the uh, absolute pinnacles of 80s music. And this is I Ran So Far Away by A Flock of Seagulls. This released in 1982 and its genre is new wave and synth pop. Would you like me to sing a clip from each of these songs? I can do that for you if you'd like. Um, I would recommend that you don't, uh, okay. partially just for my sanity and also because uh, I think that Spotify... You want people to tune in for another episode. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think I Ran So Far Away is just one of those sort of epic songs. You know, it's got all of the 80s uh, sort of compositions and bits in it, you know? Um mm-hmm. I remember, distinctly remember one of the band members having that crazy hair, like oh, yeah. horns as well. And I'm kind of surprised that they didn't gain more notoriety afterwards. But I do want to mention, these were one-hit wonders in America. There are probably some British bands on here who did have some minor hits or bigger hits within um, Europe. But this is American one-hit wonders. So I would place this uh, in the great category. Um, I can definitely reliably listen to this, but I wouldn't necessarily call it an all-timer for me personally. But what do you think about it? I think it goes in the good category. I, I like um, this song, I ran, um, but it's, you know, it's a, good, it's a good song. But for me, when I think of the 80s, it is not a standout. All right, sounds it's not, good. Honestly, it's not on any of my playlists. All right, so 80s teenager takes precedence over Gen Zer. So we're placing it in good. I would say that's probably a pretty accurate statement. All right. So in what may be the most uh, 80s picture of all time, Mm -hmm. uh, we have Dead or Alive's uh, You Spin Me Right Round. And this song was released in, I want to say, 19, it was early 80s, I believe. It was released in 1984. And it was released on Epic Records. And um, its genre is high energy synth pop and new wave. So we kind of see a trend here. Where are you going to put it? I love this song. Um, there's actually a lot of great covers of this song as well. There's a band called Dope. Uh, they're a metal band, you know, heavy metal. But they made oh, a yeah, really... Oh, yeah, I love Dope. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> they made a really amazing um, cover of this song. And I think it kind of just enhances it. But there's a lot of remixes of this song that are quite good as well. There's a seven-minute version that I think I like even better than the original. But that just goes to show how good the base of the actual song was in general. I would put this in the great category, but I feel like you have different thoughts on this. Yeah, I'm going to put this in the fine category. I'm, uh, it's a good song. It's a decent song to run to. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if, if I'm not going to leave it back in the 80s, but... You know, I, if I, again, it's not one that appears on many of my playlists. All right. Fair enough. So I believe that averages out to good. Up next, we have cutting. Oh, so averaging them now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up next, we have cutting crews. You got the first one. I just, I just died. died in my arms. Yeah. I just yep. died in your arms, in tonight. arms tonight. Right. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this song. You do know I'm singing these in my head as we go through these. It's really hard to not kind of just hum them or just sing uh-huh. the lyrics because I mean, they're just so infinitely catchy. And I think that's sort of what the eighties brought 
into the next decades, right? You know, these instantly recognizable songs, whether it's the synthesizers, the catchy choruses, or just the look of these bands and just the feel of the decade. Um, Yeah, I can certainly understand that. All right, so this song came out in 1986. So uh, the latter half of the 80s. I would say that this one was really cool when I heard it on 80s on 8 when I was in sixth grade or so, fifth or sixth grade. But going back and listening to it, it's just so melodramatic. You know, of course, it's it, it sounds good. It's catchy. But I would just consider this to be fine by my standards now. What would you say? I do not disagree. Fine at best. Gotcha. All right. Something we have agreed on. Two generations actually uh, coming together and forming a one. Imagine that. Yeah, right. Well, they did come together on a podcast. So just point that out. That is true, but we do have differing uh, views on things sometimes. All right, so up next, uh, nobody can read this if you're watching the video. This is Tommy Two Tones, 8675309 slash Ginny. That is the actual official uh, title of the song. Um, And this one came out in, I believe it was 1981. So Okay, I was going to say 81 or 82, yeah. Yeah, very, very early on. What are your thoughts on this song? I love this song. This is a classic song. I mean, there is nobody from the 80s that doesn't know this phone number. Um, Could you scroll down so we can see the categories? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is a, this is, I don't know that it's an all timer, but it's a great, it's at least a great song. I would say so too. And, you know, today people just don't memorize things because we have it all saved in our notes or iMessage or Apple, you know, just kind of lets us uh, just have it all in one place. But I mean, how many times can you say something was so iconic in pop culture that you can remember a very specific set of numbers like this? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with great. Would you Uh put it in the right place? It's a great song. All right. So up next, this might be the favorite of pretty much any 80s enjoyer. This is AHA's Take On Me. And this was released in 1984. Um, I personally think the song is inescapable. It's a great, great tune. I really think it's um, sort of a fantastic showing of just how good 80s pop could be. And, you know, for one hit wonders, uh, this is really one of the definitive classics of uh, that era. I I definitely put it in an all-timer category. It is 100% an all-timer. There are three or four songs that define the 80s, and this is one of them. The music video, I I know my friend Chris is thinking about the music video as he listens to this. Mm -hmm. It is it is classic yeah great great tune alan is as well i know he's thinking of the music video from our from our adolescence yeah i mean this song's been used in so many commercials i mean i hear it almost every day and just you know random shops restaurants whatever you know and 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 while we're at it let's just go on to the next one because we're just taking that one all the way up to the all-timer category too absolutely there is no question that dexie's midnight runners (laughs) You recognize you recognize the tiny little square right now. Absolutely. This is a song Luke likes too, your brother. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it's it's a classic. Yeah, I would say this. And these are two of the songs, two of the probably four or five songs that define the 80s right here. I would say so. And this is such a unique song too. It you is. know, uh, it's these two in the all-timer category right now are ubiquitous, of course, across pop culture, but I mean, they're just so different and refreshing. They sound so good, even by today's standards. And they I do. know, I know if they were released in 2022, 
they would be massive hits on TikTok. They'd be all across these different oh, social yeah. media platforms for sure. I have no idea what the words to come on Eileen are. I have mm-hmm. to, to look them up each time or ever, occasionally I'll look them up because I just don't know what they are, but it's just so catchy. And the version I like especially is was not the single version, but it was the, well, maybe it was the single version, but there is a version of it that after the song fades uh, or concludes, there's a um, slow uh, verse mm-hmm. and um, I know that Luke and I both like that version in particular I know what there's you're a, talking about this was the radio edit the one that we all know is the radio edit but then there's mm-hmm. that you know slow verse afterwards absolutely so uh, up next is soft cells tainted love and this song has been covered multiple times by many different bands and in fact this is actually a cover itself so it there's original- that at the time the original Tainted Love was composed by Ed Cobb, formerly of American group The Four Preps, which was originally recorded by Gloria Jones in 1964. It attained worldwide fame after being covered and reworked by British synth pop duo Soft Cell in 1981. So uh, this song was also covered by Marilyn Manson, of all people, too, who also mm-hmm. covered Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics. Crazy uh, how... Which is no question one of the other... Uh, quintessential songs of the 80s sweet dreams by the it is but i would say that they had probably three definitive hits and two smash hits at the very oh yeah 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 they're not one hit wonders either so they're not on this this list all right so um tainted love you know i think it's overrated um i don't think it's best left in the 80s but i would consider it to be probably fine and i know a lot of people would disagree with me on this but i just i don't know it's just a little bit silly and it's just not my favorite. I love this song. It's yeah. absolutely in the great category for me. All right. So we'll bump it up to an average between uh, fine and great, which is good. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to point out that this has to be my favorite episode of this podcast ever. <laughs> this <laughs> is my like jam it. right here. I know this is, you could talk about this for hours. I could. All right. So <laughs> up next, we have Tony Basil's. Basil. Uh, yeah, Mickey. I hate this song. I hate this song so much. It's so annoying. It's, you know, it's like a little chant, a little anthem. I'm sure it really got people hyped up back in the day, you know, with their mullets and their glam rock and all that kind of stuff. But oh my gosh, I just, I'm not a fan of this song whatsoever. But um, I want to know what you think about this song. It was released in 1981, by the way. Yeah, I remember when it was released. Uh, I really like this song a lot. It's so catchy. It's, I mean, you know, no one from the eighties can hear this, can look at that image and, and not think, Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You build my mind. Hey, Mickey. I mean, it's just, it just is, but it's kind of uh, repetitive, not kind of repetitive. It is repetitive. So I would put it in the good category. Yeah. And I'm not going to put the repetition uh, against the song because if I'm being honest, a lot of the ones we really, really care about are, you know, the oh. riffs are repetitive. The chorus are some that are just so repetitive. Yeah. I was listening to REM, which is um, they had their most popular music in the nineties and uh, what their first hit, I think was in 1989. It was called the one I love quite literally. He sings the verse over and over and over again, about three yeah. times. Yeah. And you know, it's a great song, but at the same time, it just goes to show you that music can be simple yet complex with just how people listen to it right so yeah. i would say this probably falls in the good category between us yeah yeah all right up next we have nina a german uh ensemble 
99 Luff balloons. Yes, you know this well. So I, know, I, I do have know. a question. Yes. Was there an American edit called 99 Red Balloons, or am I just remembering that incorrectly? Because I, I think I remember it being 99 Luff balloons. Okay. 99. I mean, we all knew Luff was red. I guess Luff is red, but that was in our minds. I mean, my mind listening to it, I think of red balloons, but um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it was Luff balloons. And I'm going to tell you, leave the song in the eighties. You know what? I, I think it's, I think it's fine to best left in the eighties. I don't think it's a terrible song, but obviously we don't speak German. So it's, no. it, you're, you're really just listening to the tune itself rather than uh, the actual lyrics. Um, I would say this is probably our first best left in the 80s. Uh, by the mm-hmm. way, this one came out in 83. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, pretty cool stuff. Uh, up next, we have Safety Dance uh, from Men with Without Hats. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was Men with or Without Hats. Definitely Men Without know. Hats. Yeah, we yep. now know that they have no hats. Uh, I remember first hearing this song, in 2003 or so at Disney World, we were at the pool, and um, I remember thinking the song was very, very funky. And oh, was that the hippy dippy pool? I believe it was the hippy dippy pool. The hippy and dippy some dippy, people yeah. were doing the safety dance, and mm-hmm. perhaps the most S S S S A A A A F F F F E E E E. Sorry. Yeah, this is kind of one of those songs that's very very much centered in its decade you know maybe for the 2000s we had cha-cha slide and maybe for the 2010s there was gangnam style in terms of dance songs that sort of defined a bit of a generation per se Mm -hmm. i don't feel like you just listen to safety dance i feel like it's something that's played at an event you know where interesting nostalgic but i think it's best left to nostalgia i don't think it's a bad 80s song but it's not much of a song it's more of a simon says do this you know <laughs> like yeah, it's interesting you think of it as a song that sort of defines a a, a a genre or or not defines a genre but like a dance kind of song i don't even though it's called the safety dance but i i would put it in the fine category i when it comes on i listen to it i like it but i don't love it yeah i think that's fair um this one is probably in the fine category for me, myself. I don't think it's a horrible thing at all. And I definitely respect where it came from and the cultural impact it did have. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we still hear it today, but, um, you know, definitely just fine. It's, it's all right. It did come out in 1982, apparently. Mm-hmm. I remember. Right. So up next, this one is, uh, this one's a fun one. Uh, this is It's Raining Men. And this one was by the musical duo, The Weather Girls. Weather Girls. No, actually, never mind. That is the one after this one. But oh. we can, let's just, let's just go with The Weather Girls. Okay. First. I love this song. This is one of those tunes that has so much passion and energy behind it. They are just singing their hearts out. And it's catchy. It's so, I, I don't know. It's such a good song to listen to. Um, I wouldn't call this an all-timer per se, but I think it's a great, great tune. What do you think? Interesting. I really like the song. It's it's you know it's quintessential one hit wonder, right? Uh huh. Uh, yeah, I put it in the good category. Do I listen to it? Yeah, on occasion, but it's not a, one that appears on the playlist a lot. But um, it, it's certainly a fun song, so I, I would put it in the good category personally. All right, I gotcha. Well, just for the sake of uh, trading off, I think I'm going to go ahead and put it in great because, like you said, 
this is the quintessential one hit wonder song. And I think for that reason, we can put it up there. It was released in 1983 and it is also a post disco song. So that should tell you. It's very much a disco song. They can call it post disco, but it's disco. Speaking of uh, disco and sort of late uh, 70s, early 80s, we have Funky Town by Lips Inc. Um, Who does Uh, not uh, know? Lips Incorporated. Okay, okay, sure, sure. It's it's abbreviated. It's abbreviated. Uh, you're this. You're such a purist. That was the name that? of it. Lips Incorporated. That was that was the band or the group. Well, I guess that shows my age. Right. Um, all right. So yeah. I'm here to help you out, Noah. I want you to know your history. Please do. Okay. So for Gen Xers, Funky Town was a Shrek Two song. Uh, for the rest of the world, this was an amazing song that was released in 1980. But I believe it was written in 1979 and originally, I think it was released as a single in 1980 and it was on an album in 1979. So we're technically allowing it into the 80s. Um, I definitely feel the post-disco in this perhaps, Mm -hmm. but Funky Town's an all-timer. I mean, how could you debate that? Are you going to debate me on this? I would put it in the great category, but I can live with all timer because you hear you hear that and um, uh, you're on camera, by the way. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you hear that song and you know it immediately. So I'm good with the all timers. All right, cool. Um, yeah, this one. This one definitely belongs here. You know, like who doesn't know the song, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So up next, we have- that's a good point, Noah. That these those three songs in the all timer are songs that you know immediately. Yeah, they've really just transcended yeah. any sort of cultural boundary. You know, yeah. you hear it, you hear Funky Town to this day, all over the place. And the berries, yeah, yeah, it's great. All right. So up next, we have Video Killed the Radio Star. And this one, I believe, was actually written in 1979. But I think, like Funky Town, it became very popular in 1980. So we're kind of on the cusp here and there. But I believe it belongs in the 80s because of the title. Video killed the radio star. I think that is inherently 80s. We know that that is the first song that was played on MTV when it launched. Um, And I completely agree. In fact, I did not know the song until after the song had um, come and gone. So I don't know how I missed it, but I would leave it in the 80s. Did you know that this is one of the most popular songs in Australia? I think it held that record for about 27 years, um, according to the Internet, which is always reliable, of course. But I would also leave this in the 80s. I think this one is annoying as heck. Uh, not, Mm. Not a fan. Not a fan. All right. So up next, we have Tacos, Putting on the Ritz. But you may not have known that Putting on the Ritz was originally written in the early 1900s. And it went through a couple of reworkings. And then finally, Taco put his own spin on it in 1982. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we have it. Mm-hmm. This song is very unique. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a very cool song, a little bit mysterious. It's not something that you... It's not something that would clear a room necessarily, but it's not something that would get people together and really excited about it. You know, it's one of those ones where I feel like if you lived through the 80s or you at least have an appreciation for the decades music, you're probably going to like it enough. But 
it's not one of those ones that you remember and you're just like, yes, that was one of my favorites here, right? Noah, all I can say is if you're new and you don't know where to go to. Yes. Okay, you're not getting this. No, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, okay. It's, it shows it's, my age. it's straight from the song. Okay. Um, uh, I, I would put it in the fine category. I, you know, I, I liked it at the time. And I think I don't disagree with you that it has an interesting sound, but I don't think the sound was ever fully realized. You know, I listened, I listened to it um, while I was creating this tier list uh, just to remind me of the tune. Cause of course I just remember the actual putting on the Ritz. I can sing it for you if you like. Yeah, please don't once again. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. Something about it is good, but you feel like it could have, culminated feels like a concept song that never really became a complete concept right and i think because it released so early in the 80s which was such a time of just it was very early in the 80s i remember uh you know 1982 was definitely a time where things were still shifting away from Mm -hmm. the 1970s and a lot of these very weird sounds and new age sort of uh you know music artists we're starting to become popular. And I feel like this is kind of smack dab right in between the tried and true sound of the decade and perhaps what was left in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Would you say it has a bit of a retro sound, but again, it just yeah. wasn't it was before retro was, was cool. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree. All, All right. right move along. Up next. Do you recognize this album cover? I, I recognize this album cover because yeah. on your iPod nano, when you used to play this in the car for Luke and I, um, I remember thinking that this was, <laughs> just the most awkward photo ever and this is uh till tuesday's voices carry mm-hmm. <laughs> i really like the song i've got fond memories of it um it for some reason i conflate this song with the motels suddenly last summer oh, suddenly last reason. summer yeah um but this is a good one it's a little bit boring in my opinion in retrospect but it's a good song. I've got fond memories of, you know, wanting you to replay it, you know, over and over, of course, but I can't say that I would necessarily put it on an ongoing playlist, especially when it comes to retro songs. Mm-hmm. What do you I say? Love song. I love the song. I'd put it on a great. What I like about this song is it's not one of those songs from the eighties that is, as, that is overplayed or as well widely recognized as many of the 80s songs. Mm-hmm. um so and you gotta love the song that at the end she says you know shut up shut up it's just kind of great just you know when she kind of yells that at the end oh yeah um so i i can agree with that there's nothing inherently bad about the song so i could put it in the great category especially especially you as an 80s listener i think you've had enough time to sit with it and give your uh objectively correct opinion on this one so up next we have the outfields your love what do you think? Josie's on a vacation far away. Yeah, um, that's how the song begins. Uh, I just know the chorus. Okay. I don't love this song. Um, no, I don't either. I'd put it in the good to fine category at best. Maybe fine. Put it in the fine category. I think fine is just about right. Um, it's definitely a bit of an anthem with the chorus, but uh, overall, you can definitely tell why they were one hit wonders. Mm-hmm. It, you know it's just it is what it is you remember it for sure uh because of its decade but i mean among the greats that we've sort of put upwards over here yeah. 
I don't really think it holds a candle. I'm very, very satisfied with our all-timer category so far. I mean, I think they deserve to be there for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. Up next, we have – no, I can't even read this. It is Pac-Man Fever. So, you – in the 80s. Yeah, I feel like this one was – very it's much, a novelty song right it was very much a product of its time and actually i believe it came out in 1981 so okay. just around the turn of the decade yeah. um i can agree with this it's fun for sure but um i think just like pac-man the game i think it's probably best left in the 80s as well it's a little bit like the song uh valley girl or general hospital Tal or whatever it was they're novelty songs that uh, I would say Valley Girl is a little bit um, stronger of a song, but the other ones are, are sort of novelty songs that were for the moment, um, which is why it's very appropriate that we leave them back in the 80s. Absolutely. All right. So the next one is pretty fun. This one is Key Largo. And uh, this one was. Uh, from... I'm really feeling the urge to sing right now. Sorry. I know. Oh, my gosh. This. This is awesome. If you've ever been to a place with a palm tree, you're going to hear this. Um, This is uh, this is one of those key vacationing, relaxing songs. I mean, it's just so smooth, you know, put put it in the great category. I think it's great. I think it's a great song. song. And it was released uh, very early. 1981 seems to be a little bit of a trend. We had it all just like Bogey and Bacall. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, up next this song is probably one that is recognized by uh, way more than gen xers and this is don't worry be happy by bobby mcferrin also a quintessential one hit wonder um this is a really unique song to me because i first heard it when i was in seventh grade in music class i remember the entire uh, all my classmates were blown away myself included because he created this song by doing all the different parts himself and then splicing them together which is requires a lot of talent and it's just so positive and uplifting i would definitely say this is in the great category and i believe it was released uh, near the end of the 80s i want to say 88 um but i really do like the song what do you think i'd leave it in the 80s um i really yeah i don't like this song i i mean it's fine it reminds me of uh, well not it reminds me of happy the song by um, Morel. yeah has always reminded me of the song and i like the songs but therefore those songs are of the moment and um just sort of kind of cliche so i would i think this is a more sophisticated song than happy but i would leave it in the 80s hmm. all right i think the happy medium here is probably i see what you did there noah yeah <laughs> no pun intended but i think the happy medium here is probably going to be good all right for us both I disagree, uh, but I put it in the fine category then, but that's fine. We'll go with I'd it for you. I'd put it in great. You'd put it in fine, I think, between, or at best left in the 80s. I think I think it's better than fine. Um, so, you know, my opinion, obviously, is the one that takes precedence in this situation, of course. Of course. No doubt, because, you know, Gen Z knows 80s music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next is It Takes Two. Um, is this the one where they go, I want to rock right now? I'm going to tell you, I'm not even sure. I would just leave it. In. No, I don't think so. I would just it leave takes it two oh. to something, something, something. It, it takes, takes two, two, just me and you. And it takes two to like. No, it's not. I want to rock right now. I would leave it in the 80s. Um, yeah, well, I think the. No, I think the Black Eyed Peas took a sample from oh, this song. Yeah. 
And um, I think he says, I want to rock right now. And some he point. does. This is yeah. really, really late 80s. Um, I believe it was, I want to say 89. Let me check. Yeah, when I, saw the, when I saw the, the, um, the image, I thought, oh, really? That, I thought that was 90s. So I, I would leave it in the 80s. Or February the 1st. February 1st, 1988. So okay. uh, this song just had its, what, 34th birthday? something like that crazy yeah all right i would say best left in the 80s as well yeah i don't really like the song all right and this one is uh probably quintessential 80s itself as well this is she blinded me with science Hmm, thomas dolby yeah um product of its time i gotta say best left in the 80s i mean i'd say it's fine at the at at best fine at best okay Mm -hmm. What do you, what category do you think it should live in here? I think it should live in fine at best. All right. Or fine. Not <laughs> fine. Yeah. Fine at best is not, a, not category. a category. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, she Blinded Me With Science came out in 1982 and it was released by English musician Thomas Dolby. Thomas Dolby. And if you I would say to you that when I heard this song the first time, I knew it was going to be a one hit wonder. Yeah. And if you haven't noticed by now, a lot of these songs are from British artists. It's, um, mm-hmm quite the brit pop invasion over here and uh we're gonna have we're gonna have another song coming up after this one which i firmly believe is um probably the square definition of we should leave in the 80s and it's i think i'm turning japanese by the vapors uh you know this one right i do yeah this is i want it left in the 80s yeah i just think it belongs here not i mean you know not not a good song it's not a good song when it's I think good, of the 80s, I never, I've never thought of that song uh, as an 80s song. Even though I know it's an 80s song, it's just not a good song, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, it's just, I wouldn't even consider it novelty. It's just no. straight up a bad tune. Um, but yeah. All right. So we have, uh, what is it? Uh, Spando Ballets. Oh, I love this song. <laughs> I got to say, this is probably an all-timer. Uh, I have to say, it's an all-timer. I know your mother would say it's an all-timer, too. Oh, my gosh. Why? Yes. I think one of the reasons this is an all-timer is because Spando Ballet made a cameo appearance in Modern Family. Um, That's right. And this song was just massively popular in Europe as well. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's one of the most listened to songs in America. I believe in like a 2010 or 2011 poll, it had been one of the most streamed or listened to songs ever. So I got to put it in all timer. It's a, it's a classic. One of the great love songs. Would, would you like me to sing it? No. Okay. Uh, for the third time. Anyway. so <laughs> Really trying to, to, you know, do a concert here. Yeah. Please don't. Please don't. There's one coming. I don't see it here. There's one coming or that should be in this list, but maybe uh, keep going. Bring it up to me afterwards. All right. So this next one is uh, We Built the City by Starship. It was released in 1985, and I hate this song. It is okay. so this, They are not a one-hit wonder. They had a couple of other songs, too. I don't know what they were offhand. Did but, they really? Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're going to have to yeah. exclude them, despite it all. Yeah. I, do not I like really don't like the song either. It's so cheesy. It's just, you know, this is 1985 when it was released. So mm-hmm. it really does sound exactly the year that it came from. Mm-hmm. Had enough yeah. time to transition out of the 70s. It was right smack dab in the middle of what we know of the 80s. Just the sights, the sounds, the culture. Yeah. But it's just too much. 
you know, it's a little bit too much. Um, it is. I'm with really, you. Really don't love it. All right. So up next, we have Europe's the final countdown. Now, you might be saying Europe might have had a couple other hits. I believe that was not in America, though. Can you correct me on that? Or are you pretty sure they're one-hit wonders? And I think, well, they were certainly, I think both points are well made. If they had multiple hits, this was the only one in uh, the U.S. that I recall. And I do not like this song at all. I don't all, either. So I would leave it in the 80s. You know, one of the things that I think... Dun, that exactly that exactly (laughs) synthesizers they were so overdone they were so so overdone and we're of course going to look back at um the 2020s or 2010s even 2000s and pick apart things that were used way too much back then but um i just the synthesizers in this song it's like jump you know it's van halen's most popular song but i think it's their worst hit i completely i just can't really get behind it the guitar in this is fine, but oh my gosh, is this the definition of 80s cheese? And I think it might have been written for a movie, and it was originally written as just a concert opener, but it became much more than that. So mm. I think, obviously, it has a big legacy, and you know who doesn't know this song? But at the same time, just really not my cup of tea. And this was no. released in 1986. All right. Um- Noah, before we move on, I want to tell you, I did go look up Starship and they, their other big hit was Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now from 1987. So I knew that they were not a one hit wonder. Okay. And I think that Starship was Jefferson Starship or some derivative of Jefferson Airplane. Grace Slick, I know, was the lead singer for Starship. So uh, anyway, just for what that's worth. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense with the other hit, but kind of if they were an offshoot of another band, I would still consider... It's like Don Henley, right? He had the Boys of Summer and Dirty Laundry, but he didn't have Hotel California, right? That was his Eagles song. And he Correct. had Boys of Summers as a solo artist. So I would he say- He also had The End of the Innocence, which is a great song. Okay, you know, I was wondering that too, because um, I was wondering if he had more than two hits, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like he was a pretty successful guy, uh, not just in the Eagles, but also yeah. uh, solo. I will be he seeing had a career. I will be seeing the Eagles uh, very soon. All right. So up next, this is cheating a little bit. It's Ice Ice Baby, but, but, but uh, this song takes the beat from Queen and David Bowie's Under Pressure, which was released in the 80s. So since this was released in 1990 Mm -hmm. and a little, I think midway through 1990, I think it's fair to say that we can consider this especially in the one hit wonder category. Um, and I, w- I would leave it in the 80s. I-, I really don't like that song. Yeah, I'd say it's best left right over there. And mm-hmm. unpopular opinion, I don't really like Under Pressure either as a song. Sorry. I like Queen a right. lot. And I like David Bowie a lot. But that's just not my favorite either. Um, fun fact, though, I think some people know this. Vanilla Ice is a far more successful um, remodeler, HGTV type guy. I think he And I like that. Yeah, I like that he's got a different so a whole well. new career, you know, because people think, oh, yeah, he was either a one hit wonder or, you know, he, he, his career tanked. Well, yeah, good for him. He found another, you know, um, career. So yeah. he's multi-talented and um, doing fine. I think it's so funny, too, because he looks like he would just, what, 30 years later or so. Yeah. He had yeah, this sideways really hat. But he's aged pretty well, all things yeah. considered. He seems like yeah. he's uh, taken pretty good care of himself. And obviously, he's a pretty savvy businessman. So he's aged well, just like me. <laughs> all right. So 
up next is I Know What Boys Like by The Waitresses. Do you Read know it in the 80s. Thank you. This is a no. terrible song. It was released terrible in 1982. No. Not good. Not good. No. But uh, there was a song that came out in 2016 called Girls Like, I believe, by Tiny Tempa that was inspired by this song. And that one is actually pretty good. That one is dance pop and rap. All right. Um, so here we have, oh my gosh, how do I not remember this? When in Rome's The Promise. I love this song. Come on, it's the one at the end of uh, Napoleon Dynamite. I can't even, this is the first song that I cannot sing in my head. I'm sorry, but I'm just trying to think of the right words to say. I know it's not the way that I planned it to be. Come on. I would leave it in the 80s. What? Oh, come on. I don't even know it. I don't even know the song. That doesn't belong. It's not not from the 80s because I don't know it. You know, and when you're in danger, I'm editing that out, by the way. No, no, no. I like that you're singing. <laughs> um, you so know the song. And when you go back and listen to it, you're going to be like, oh, this was the incorrect opinion. I'm, I'm say, going. Oh, it should be left in the 80s. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm going to put it in great because you don't even know the song in your own right. decade. So and- it doesn't really exist. If I don't know it, it doesn't exist. Okay. Untrue. And also it was a great closing song for Napoleon Dynamite. Really, okay. really cool. Um, anyway, our so- last song, I, I want to make sure that our listeners, those who are not actually viewing this, realize that this is our last song. Yes. Though there's one egregious error in this list, which I will tell you later. All right. I'm uh, very interested. One now. song that's missing. Go ahead. All right. So this is Our House by Madness. Uh, what do you think of this one? I like this song. It's just kind of a... <sighs> I like this song a lot. I would put this in the uh, good to great category, probably the good category. All right. Um, just lying in her sleep. Uh, can we agree on fine? Agree on what? Fine. fine? No, 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 no. It's better than that. It's good. Uh, fine. All right. We'll put in good. All right. So there you have it. But I need to hear about this glaring mistake that I made in creating this list. So what do we have? Where is, where is the all-time classic group? Kajagugu and Too Shy. Um, what? Kajagugu. I've heard of Kajagugu and Too Shy. You're Too Shy, Shy, Too Shy, Shy. Hush, hush, eye to eye. Yeah. No. No, you have. I can't. I I will listen to your song that you put in the great category, but I'm going to tell you, Too Shy goes at least in the good category, perhaps on the great category. But we don't have it here. Yeah, we can discuss that afterwards. But uh, now you see this uh, definitive ranking of those that we chose. I think our all-timer category is pretty spot on. Uh, I think this is a very solid all-timer category. I agree. I think great works as well. Good is right where it should be. And then fine and best left in the 80s. We actually had most of these uh, picks yeah. were best left in the 80s. Yeah, the, the category with the most uh, songs is left in the 80s. So I the all-timers, let's just, let's just, you know, point them out once again. We have um, Dexie's Midnight Runners, um, Come On Eileen. Mm-hmm. We have Lips Incorporated with Funky Town. Mm-hmm. We have Spando Ballet's True. And we have Take On Me by AHA. Yeah, that Classics. one, if I had to choose between all of them, it would probably be take on me. Yeah. If I had to choose between all of them, it would either be take on me or come on Eileen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, yeah. This was a super fun episode to do because I think it just changes up um, 
kind of what we go for conversationally at least but uh we'd love to hear your opinions as well we know we have um quite a few gen xers listening to this podcast and um well did you love it did you hate it what would you rate it but um do you want to move on to our check it out section i do cool i do so uh i'm gonna uh well since we haven't talked about a movie in this entire episode i have to talk about one so i've seen the film antlers oh are you kidding me that was gonna be mine i just watched it on saturday i just watched it on saturday nice. i watched Did we talk it. about this no we didn't we didn't um it's so funny because luke and i talked about it last night too um kidding me that's so fun well we can talk we can be our same recommendation because i'm interested to hear what you think so um I watched it on an overseas flight, and I have to say that I, um, if I'm recommending it, I, I guess I liked it well enough to recommend it, but I have to say I didn't love it. I thought the tone of the film was well done, and apparently Jesse Plemons um, is in every film. Um, I like and, him. Uh, I like him. Me too, and he shows up in everything, and he is the male version of Nicole Kidman who shows up in everything, and um, I think tonally the film is good. I think it's well acted. Um but if you're looking for a scary movie, this is not it. No. Um, it's actually kind of silly in a lot of ways. But Carrie Russell has made some really mm-hmm. choices over the last uh, decade or two. And she seems to be, you know, she's not a leading uh, A-lister, but well, she's probably an A-lister at this point. But she's not a leading lady, so to speak. But she makes some really good choices and does really fine work. And you pair her with someone who's as strong an actor as Jesse Plemons. And you get um, sort of a concept film that doesn't make a whole lot of sense and is not scary. But I feel like the tone of the film and just sort of the moodiness and the the, the visuals are relatively effective. So if you're interested, yeah. check it out. Yeah, I want to say that I totally agree. Um, I would consider the movie to be more atmospheric than scary, per se. Yes, that's, uh, it, that's the word I was really looking for, atmospheric. The town itself and uh, the setting that they present is uh, immediately recognizable. It definitely feels lived in. And I think that the movie sort of teases to be much better than it ends up being with the payoff. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. would definitely recommend it to people because, of course, um, I don't want to reveal the monster, but you can probably guess just from the um, uh, title alone. I I think that's not explored very often. And I will say that, um, you know, I'd recommend it simply because it stands out as a bit different, but I found it to be equal parts entertaining and frustrating. Um, I got to say that third act was just, (laughs) just throughout all of the stuff that was built up, uh, I'd say in the first two acts. And I don't feel like a lot of um, the, present situations were either explained very well or resolved in total and the ending (laughs) give me a break so predictable yeah Uh, yeah i mean come on very i know it sounds honestly the ending was wildly disappointing it it was but you know it sounds like we're being too harsh on the film but no it really is unique we just have a couple criticisms about it of course but if you like moody atmospheric um you know you're a horror fan or maybe you're not even much of a horror fan this one's worth checking out simply because carrie russell is excellent i thought jesse plemons was quite good and the um child actor who's 15 in this is also quite convincing I gotta say, quite convincing. Uh, yeah, I had I had some issues with the whole thing, but uh, that aside, it's worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. Um, what a wild coincidence! 
you know, <laughs> no, I've known that? about that movie for a while. And then I was going to watch um, Army of Darkness, uh, one of the Evil Dead uh, movies. And I decided to watch Antlers instead on HBO mm-hmm. Max on Saturday. So that's so interesting. That so people- funny. Yeah, I watched it last Saturday. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, cool. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. This was a very, very fun one to do. And uh, hopefully we'll bring. Yeah, thank you. Uh, More stuff like this uh, in the near future. But But in the meantime, stay tuned for our review of the Batman, which Noah is seeing on Thursday and I am seeing on Sunday. So we will um, make sure we'll have the official review next week. Yes, Thursday Thursday at five o'clock. Uh, the critic reviews are rolling in, of course, but you're you're going to hear the um, you're going to hear the right opinion uh, when right. we do record next. That's right. When you listen to mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're one of those guys who doesn't even like long movies. So it is a three-hour movie. This is a real sacrifice for the pod. Yeah, such a big sacrifice to sit down <laughs> for three hours. We fall asleep. <laughs> oh, the pitfalls of uh, being alive since the 1980s. Um, but yeah, don't worry. That, I was falling asleep in movies in the 80s too, so nothing has changed. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I fall asleep sometimes too. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. This was a very fun episode. But until then, we will see you next week. I'm Noah. I'm Greg, and this is Easy Talk.